When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Bastard! Where'd you get your treat? Jesus Christ! One gamba, two This is the Dave Duke podcast. Hello, Mokara. Geoguitch, my friend. It is Dave Duke on the Dave Duke podcast, episode 08. And if you have started here, if this is your first time listening to the Dave Duke podcast, go back one. Go back to Coleslaw, the priest, and the 20-year-old bar, because I have some questions to answer on that, and it would be a good idea that you're familiar with the previous episode before you hear questions being answered. I was blown away by the reception that podcast got. Some people calling it their favourite one yet. Your best work yet, Dave. And when I finished recording... I thought about not putting it out because I didn't think it was strong enough. I didn't think me telling you about the priest bringing us to Waterworld of Bundorn because we were altar servers was unique enough. I think we all have a story to tell. And I've said this on many occasions. We all have a story to tell, every single one of us. It's just that some people can't tell their story. Maybe because of secrecy, maybe because it will hurt someone else, maybe because they don't have the platform, maybe because they don't know how to. We all have these unique and wonderful stories in our lives, but I have the privilege of telling them to you on this podcast. Questions to answer about it. I have bundled all the questions about it into two succinct points. Number one, was it a surprise trip to Waterworld? I have racked my brains for the last week since that question came up and I don't have a straight answer for you. I wish I could say. My general, sorry, my initial reaction to that question was oh yeah, it was signed off by parents, there was permission slips sent home. But I genuinely don't know if there was. I have some notion it might have been a surprise. 
that I might have had to go commando following the jump into the pool being rewarded as an altar server in Waterworld in Bundorn. I don't know if I'll ever be able to find out the answer to that. I'm not sure if it's even something my mum would remember signing a permission slip allowing me to go to Waterworld as a reward for being a great altar boy. I don't know if she'd know. I don't know. And it's annoying me since. So was it a surprise trip to Waterworld? Yet to be determined. Maybe some psychological person good with heads would be able to reach into the part of my brain that has suppressed that memory and clutch it out for us. But not today. Second question. Who brought you? What car did you go in? How did you get to Waterworld? The priest came in and said, Time for the altar boys. And I don't remember if there was any girls. The altar children to go to Waterworld. And we got into his car. The priest drove us there. Talk about an awkward ten minutes to Bundorn. What do you talk about with a priest when you're in primary school and they're bringing you to Waterworld for being an altar server? You tell me. Give me a topic of conversation that an altar server national school goer can have in a priest's car on the way to Waterworld. Give me a topic of conversation. So those are the questions that I think recaps most of what was asked last week. A further recap, going back to the Athlone episode. You've really picked a bad episode if you are starting here on the Dave Duke podcast. A few episodes ago, I spoke about Athlone. My dislike, my non-warmth to the place, but the fact that I'm willing to embrace and I am actively doing more to try and fall in love with that loan. And this week, I was called to my local cafe. It's the one right beside the iRadio building, the iRadio offices. It's Savory Fair. Shout out to the women and men of Savory Fair, Monksland, at loan. Ye are the OGs, the real deals. A man came into there, and he bought a voucher. The voucher was valued at six seventy, enough to cover coffee and cake for yours truly. It was signed by a gentleman called Kieran. Not going to give away Kieran's second name because he hasn't given me the permission to do that. But I want you to know, Kieran, if you're listening right now, that you did a lovely gesture, and I was really touched by it. And I can't believe someone went out of their way to go to Savory Fair in Monksland, put their hand in their pocket and pay for coffee and cake for me. And the note that was on the voucher in Savory Fair was, not all Athlone people are bad. So, Kieran, I take it you're an Athlonian and I definitely know that you are a good soul. I thank you very much. You are the first profits I have made of the Dave Duke podcast You've bought me coffee and cake, and I haven't redeemed it yet. Here's what I'm going to do, and I found out today that I can do this. Uh, They were telling me about you, Kieran. They were trying to describe you to me. I felt like I was on a manhunt, but I don't want to hunt you down too much. I don't want to hunt someone down that done something so positive. It would be lovely just to be able to thank you in person or write you a message, but the podcast is going to have to do for now. I'm going to go... And enjoy coffee and cake. And I will document it for us all on Instagram. 
and then I'm going to get them to mark off the voucher and I'm going to bring it home and I'm going to frame it. Because when this podcast is huge in years to come, I want that to be one of the loveliest memories of the start of this podcast. So shout out to Kieran at Lone People. Not all bad bastards. <laughs> in a nutshell. So that's recap and done. Moving forward. Today's gospel is going to be the gospel according to Dave on Eurovision. That's later. Right now, COVID recap. Did you hear this? It's therefore with great hope that I declare COVID-19 over as a global health emergency. That was Tedros Adhanan Ghebreyesus, the fella who heads up the World Health Organization, announcing on Friday that the COVID pandemic emergency is over. Cue celebrations, wild celebrations across the world. But none of that happened, did it? You might be hearing for the first time today that the World Health Organization, those who deemed COVID-19 a pandemic, have declared that the World Health Emergency is over. Done and dusted. No back to masks. No back to restrictions. Your vaccines. Ah, if you want to get topped up, no bother, but no one else is going to be pushing them on you. Do what you want. Go lick some bats again. Don't wash your hands after going into the toilet. We may return to normal. Proceed as you did before. And three years have passed by in the blink of an eye. From January 2020 when they were shitting about it until March 2020 where the restrictions finally kicked in here in the country. Three years and a bit flew past and we haven't dealt with the trauma that it has left behind. We as a nation are still mentally scarred and we haven't dealt with it. If there's a death in the family, you deal with it. You grieve. You respect the dead. There's a wake. There's a funeral. And then you memorise them. You immortalise them. You have the month's mind mass. I'm talking about the Catholic faith here now. In case you're of a different denomination. All denominations are welcome to the Church of the Dave Duke podcast. You grieve again. And you continue to grieve and you think about it. And you chat out what happened to them. And you remember them in a fond way. With COVID, we done a heap of lockdowns. We psychologically fucked up all of us. And then we went, okay, the pubs are open, away we go. And we never looked back. We have never, as a community, as a country, as a nation, as a peoples, dealt with the trauma that COVID-19 inflicted on us. And today, I want us to revisit some of the absolute madness of COVID-19. Do you remember the night before Leo Varadkar's address from Washington? Because I do. Schools, colleges and childcare facilities will close from tomorrow, where possible teaching will be done online or remotely. Cultural institutions will close as well. Our advice is that all indoor mass gatherings of more than 100 people and outdoor mass gatherings of more than 500 people should be cancelled. The night before that happened... There were rumours circulating that there was a lockdown coming the next day. And 
us and I radio, we had been preparing for a couple of weeks. I had bought equipment. Our tech man was sorting out how we were going to do shows from home. Myself and Fanula. We didn't put a full plan together, but we were aware that we would be broadcasting from separate studios, more than likely, or broadcasting from home. The day before Leo Varadkar closed the schools and colleges, I went into a supermarket on the way home. It was a super value, would you believe? And the shelves were just beginning to empty. It was midweek night. It shouldn't have been that busy. And there was a man and woman with two trolleys full to the gills. This was before the panic buying kicked in. And the toilet roll was beginning to disappear off the shelves. And it really felt like it it was the closest thing to me to a hurricane coming. I've never experienced a hurricane or one of those mad US storms. But that's what it felt like to me. There's a hurricane a coming. I better be preparing. So I went home and told the housemates and they didn't really pass much heed of me and I was like, if you want anything in the shop, now's the time to get it because there's an announcement coming tomorrow and all hell is going to break loose. And then it did come. And Leo Varadkar stood in Washington. Remember he was Taoiseach at the time. He was over there for the St. Patrick's Day celebrations. And shit got that serious that they couldn't wait for him to get home. He had to close the schools from America and the colleges. And the country lost their collective shit. People were pulling stuff off shelves. People were terrified that this coronavirus was going to make them shite themselves. So all the toilet roll disappeared. This is something that I don't know if you're aware of. But there were several accidents in supermarket car parks across the country. A few hours after Leo Varadkar made the announcement that the colleges and schools were going to be shutting down. So many of them. But it was a classic case of something bigger is happening. So it got not pushed away or hidden away. Not a COVID conspiracy theory is that, oh my God, they started crashing the cars in the car park, but the big government didn't want us to know that. No, there were just bigger things at play. It was going to be a sub-headline. It, was, it wasn't even going to make page 22 that Owl Dan and Big Joe had a smash in the Super Value car park because they were so panicked about what was happening that they couldn't wait to get to the supermarket that they crashed into each other. Just never made the news. It never happened. And the weeks after, we've ne- we just have not fucking dealt with this, lads. I've wrote down some points of shit that has went down in the lockdowns or that went down in the lockdowns. The 5K world record breakers. The men and women, girls and boys who never ran a 5K in their life and all of a sudden they're challenging five other people to run 5K and they're managing to do it in world record times. Fucking flaking it down the road. Where are you, Theresa? Good girl, Theresa. Well done, Theresa. According to the Guinness World Book of Records and the Olympics, you should have several gold medals, even though you've done this 5K around Ballycotton in County Knob Jockey. How did you do it? The 5K world record 
usually referred to as the 5,000 metres, is 12 and a half minutes for men and it's 14 minutes for women. And I've seen at least two people do 5K in 11 minutes on my Insta stories. <laughs> so shout out to the 5K world record breakers of March, April 2020. Checkpoints everywhere. There were checkpoints. I remember going for a litre of milk about three days after the first lockdowns and getting stopped by guards in masks. Where are you going? Litre of milk. Okay. Banana bread was another great staple for a few weeks. How did that become a theme or, or a trend? I don't think I've seen a loaf of banana bread since. Not in a shop, not in a bakery, not on an Insta story, not even in a YouTube tutorial. Hasn't even been suggested to me. Banana bread? Who the fuck enjoys banana bread? Why did it take over COVID? Was it the worms in our brain saying, must bake banana bread? Oh, I love bread. Num, num, num. Banana bread. We turned into the biggest group of lunatics. I suppose it was something to do. It was something to stave away the madness. Gym equipment became the hottest property in the entire country. Kind of understandable, but also worth reflecting on. There was a competition done on Instagram by some company. Don't ask me exactly who. But I have never seen so many shares on a bit of gym equipment in all my life. It was like one of those big feck-off competitions that get about 30,000 shares. People were gone mad for kettlebells, for rowing machines, anything that could get their hands on to stay fit. Went off the charts. Zoom became a thing. I'll just zoom them in. Zoom. 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 Do you remember the first Paddy's Day Parade in 2020? The fact that there was none and that some people drove around towns going beep, 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 Remember some of the supermarkets posted videos of them having Paddy's Day Parades within the shop? Them going around in trolleys and throwing loaves of bread to each other. Do you remember that? This really is just a collective memory exercise of a podcast. And maybe you're remembering things now as well that happened, that you've seen, that you witnessed, maybe that you've done yourself. Do you remember the night where we were asked to stand out and light up the garden for the nurses? Remember some people were clapping for the NHS as well, even though they were in Ireland? Go out into your garden and clap like fuck for the nurses. Do you remember the Aer Lingus flights that went to China to get the personal protective equipment, PPE? Do you remember that? And people were tracking the flights and people were nearly offering blowjobs to the pilots because they thought it was such a brave thing to do, even though the pilots, all they do is fly. They love flying that plane. They fucking love it. They know how to do it. Them flying to China, not to dismiss what they did, but yeah, I am dismissing what they did. Them flying to China in their Aer Lingus 
Boeing. No, they use Airbuses. They're Airbus 320 or whatever they used at the time. Like It's pretty much similar to me doing a radio show. It's as natural to them as this is to me. We were nearly crying over it. Oh my God, the brave Aer Lingus pilots are flying to China. To the China who created the virus in the first place. Isn't that right, Dave? Mad that we never got to the bottom of that. Did your man eat the bat? Did he fuck the bat? What did he do with that bat? Was it a bat at all? Where did it come from? The wet market in Wuhan. Why haven't we done anything about it? Why have we never got to the bottom of it? Glued to the figures. Every single day. I couldn't get enough news. Oh, it was crazy. Here's something that didn't happen. Oddly enough. Do you remember at the start of the first lockdowns, March, April 2020, maybe it seeped into May, all the talk was, oh, there's going to be a baby boom now. Everybody's at home. Everybody's riding the arses off each other. Because we all have the time to. We're all trying to work from home. People have more time for themselves. There's going to be a savage amount of riding done, and that's going to equal babies. You know that baby boom never actually happened. And the reason was, funny enough, People do not like having babies in unsecure situations. Great time for riding, but people were that anxious they weren't able to get it up. And number two, anyone who was thinking of having a child tended to push it out a little bit because... How long is this going to last? What am I bringing my new baby or child into the world for? Or two, what are they going to experience? So the baby boom of... Late 2020, early 2021, did not materialise because people were so traumatised that they weren't riding each other. Well, they were riding each other, but they weren't riding each other to make babies. They were keeping their condoms on and they were doing the good old Catholic method of pulling out. Just like all those women pulled out of that late, late show job. Am I right? Am I right? uh, Maybe you don't even understand the joke. All the talk of the next Late Late Show host has to be a woman. It's going to be a woman. And it's going to be Patrick Kilty. Why did the women not step up to that job? Do you think women are just smarter than men and they know that it's too big of a task to be doing on your own and it's not worth the crazy salary that you could make of it each year and your family life is going to deteriorate because of it? There's a good book on uh, theories about why women don't get to CEO level as much as men. It's not as much to do with sexism as you think. It's more to do with women just being a bit fucking smarter and not killing themselves prematurely by working 80 hours a week. But uh, there's a lot of sexism too. (laughs) Just in case you thought that there is no sexism, there's a heap of it. Circling back COVID... What do I propose that we do as a nation, as a people? I think we need not a good drinking session, but I feel there should be a recap where we all talk about what we remember from COVID and how mad of a time it was, the level system. See, there's things just coming back to me bit by bit. Remember, oh, Leash is on level three, but Donegal is on a level four. Then they locked down Kildare, Offaly, and was it Leash? 
they were locked down and there was no pubs or outdoor service allowed there in the summer of 2020, but Dublin was absolutely rampant with COVID at all times. But there was nothing done to them. And then they dropped the level system. It was a fucking mess. Golfgate. There's another one. The lads who were making the rules were going, having a bit of an old golf dinner for themselves. And that backfired, didn't it? I know for a fact I have missed hundreds of... Oh, there's one already. Remember the voice note that went around at the start of lockdown? Right, lads, I've just got the message there. We have to be in the barracks for 0600 on Monday morning. Uh, the first parade will be 0630. You need to be shaved, fed, Bergen's packed, wet kit, warm kit, everything ready to go. On Taoiseach will make the announcement at 0800 hours that the country is in a status red emergency. State of emergency. So from 0800 we'll be patrolling out around Dublin, making sure people is on lockdown, making sure there's nobody out, making sure people are only driving to the right places. Uh, this has come down from um, HQ. Got the word tonight there. So uh, Bergen's packed, ready to go. Wet kit, warm kit, shades, ready to go on Monday morning. Okay, enjoy your weekend. Remember that? Crazy bit of shit. Getting back to my original point. I know I've missed hundreds of memories. And I feel it would be important for you to get out a piece of paper or maybe you journal or maybe you have a diary or notes on your phone. and Just write down some of the memories if you have five or ten minutes a day or after this podcast. One day, I mean, not every day. Don't do this every day because you'll only annoy yourself. If you have 10 minutes someday or directly after this podcast and it goes silent, just take a few minutes to try and plot down on paper all the mentalness of COVID. Get it out of your system. I've got a good bit today done, but I know I have another bit to do. I've just sitting and talking and saying to myself and saying to you, wasn't that fucking mad? Wasn't that mad? Just appreciate that it was mad that we can cleanse our systems. I think that's what we need. As a people, as a nation, we need to cleanse our system of the COVID memories. Not more than I'd love going for a couple of pints of stout with the lads to talk about COVID memories and keep it exclusively to that. No talking about women or work or smoking cigarettes. Just keep it to the COVID memories, a couple of pints of stout and go home and cleanse it out of the system. Hopefully this has been of benefit to you today. Maybe you remembered something. and You got to say to yourself, Jesus wasn't that mad. Now you're cleansed. With that being said, it's time for the gospel, according to Dave. It's the gospel according to Dave Duke. First reading, a letter from St. Dave, Duke to the Corinthians. Oh dear Corinthians, why are we so shit all of a sudden at Eurovision? The Corinthians reply, Oh Dave, it certainly isn't all of a sudden, but that is beyond our remit, as we are from the time of Christ, and we don't know much about Eurovision. But we assume that you do, Dave, and yes I do. I have loved the Eurovision Song Contest since I have been a child. Fascinated with it. 
I would imagine it has to do with Mickey Joe Hart in 2003, getting caught up with that, living with my aunts in my grandparents' house in Glen Aiden, County Leitrim, and then spending crazy amounts of credit, phone credit, to text entries to make sure that Mickey Joe Hart won Eurostar to go to the Eurovision. I think it's since then that I've really invested in it. And we're doing absolutely abysmally. Only twice out of the last ten times, last ten attempts, have we qualified for the grand final. So there's a semi-final on the Tuesday, a semi-final on the Thursday, and then the grand final is on the Saturday. And of course, the grand final is where you want to be. Semi-finals are for losers. And on Tuesday, Wild Youth represented Ireland in the Eurovision Song Contest first semi-final, and we fucking flopped. Why? Wild Youth, the solid band, have had great success in Ireland. I've met the lads, interviewed the lads. But they're not lads for Eurovision, not with the song that they went with. We are one. We need to be bold and braver. I would also like to denounce all the shite that was talked that Ireland were robbed. It's down to politics. Lies. You're cutting yourself. You're fooling yourself. You're delusional. It's to do with the song, man. Second point. The amount of people that have made a point of dusting the turkey, ruining our reputation at Eurovision. No! That could have been said for the two years after Dustin, not for the 15, 20 years subsequent. It's because we're shit. I'll give you a case in point. The UK were doing abysmally for years, and last year they turned around and said, let's take this seriously. And they came second. Only after Ukraine because of the whole sympathy vote. Yeah, I said it. Sympathy vote. That song wasn't a winner. We need a lift. I'm pleading to R3 Television. Get your finger out and put some thought and proper effort into a song, into an artist, into a band that will do us proud and represent us well at Eurovision 2024. Rather than cobbling together something a couple of months out and bollocks and about. Can we please, please, take this more seriously? That was the gospel according to Dave. I feel very strongly about Eurovision. Very strongly, indeed. Questions? Cahill asks, Favourite funfair ride slash experience? Call what a left-of-field question, but a great one. I love bumping cars. I love amusements more, though. So I call fun fairs, Ferris wheels, bumping cars. That's the fun fair. And then the amusements are claw machines, Fast and Furious, NASCAR, driving games like that. Are you understanding my differentiation? I prefer the amusements to fun fairs. Ferris wheels, grand, bumping cars, really enjoy them. But trying to win teddies, trying to win cash, that's what I love most. Uh, it was in Port Rush in the north a few years ago, and one of those stacker machines, 
three blocks gliding across the screen, three blocks, stack them on top of each other, then it goes to two, stack them on top of each other, and then it goes to one. £100 on one of those before? I've won a few teddies over the years. I haven't been major successful. I haven't had major success, but I do enjoy them. Shane McCabe asks, Is Paddy Cornflakes still alive? He is. He's in Guatemala harvesting limes for Corona, the beer. That's what he's at nowadays. We'll see if I can get him on the next podcast. Eve says, You should be next in line to do commentary on the Eurovision. I'd fucking love it, Eve. Oh, I would love it. You know, my dream is... one. I have several dreams. I have several aims in life. But one of the really big ones that has stayed with me is I'd love to present the Eurovision Song Contest. If Ireland wins, I would be banging down the door of RTE to be let present with... I don't care who the pup with me. I don't care if the pup Pascal Dunhu, the Minister for Finance, with me. As long as I get to present Eurovision, I don't give a shite. So, Eve, thank you very much. And Leanne, this is a question and also a statement. How have I only come across this now, the Dave Duke podcast? Kraken. Can't wait to add it to the list. Leanne, hopefully you've got this far. Hopefully you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dave Duke podcast. I've been Dave Duke once again. Thank you so much for listening. Five stars all round. Only if you really want to, but I'd really appreciate if you did. Takes a few seconds. This podcast has grown week on week. I'm loving what it's becoming. Our little club. Our little podcast together. Oh, we've only got started. If you ever want to drop a line with a suggestion or a question or some mad thought that comes into your head, you know where to find me. Dave at DaveJuke.ie Mr. Dave Duke on Instagram. M-R-D-A-V-E-D-U-K-E Till next time. Take it. Savage. Hunter. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.